you don't know it by now, I can be a bit controversial on how I handle my business and in how I coach other designers about their business. Running a design firm or any small business for that matter is not a one-size-fits-all wrapped up in a pretty bow. It's about building the framework from the ground up and having a solid foundation that will make it recession-proof. The Design Paradigm is a comprehensive and powerful coaching program for interior designers wanting a challenge and looking to grow. It has epic twists and turns in the way you might think about business. If you are a little rebellious in thought, want to win it, avoid groupthink, don't care what others are doing, and want a sustainable business over the long haul that makes you stand out, then the design paradigm is the right place for you. We will be a partner in reimagining and refocusing your business from the ground up. Find out more at theinteriordesignparadigm.com. You want to be successful? then you want to learn how to really understand the elements of design, the execution, and the creative process first. Welcome to the Damn Good Designer Podcast. Join host Cheryl and Liz, the visionary and integrator balancing all the moving parts of a full-service interior design firm. Get ready for a wild ride as they challenge the norms, challenge the industry, and challenge you with damn good truths about what success looks like today. Now your hosts... Welcome everyone, Liz is here with me and we are ready to dig into another topic that is near and dear to my heart. But before we go rogue in this episode, Liz, tell us what jazzed you about last week. I think we ought to share a little bit, uh, do a little more repartee before we dig into these heavy topics. I'm happy that we got some big, big milestones on some projects nailed down on time last week. That felt like a really big treat to be able to stop stressing about some of those things. So yeah, I'm that's thrilled. True. And it was nice to see one installed. In. Yeah, we got yes. some countertops in. We got some very, very big windows in on a project um, happening down in the bayou. So things are good. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. This is a uh, mid-century, like a true mid-century home, y'all, that is absolutely stunning. And I I mean, it has the a lot of original woodwork. It is, it is Frank Lloyd Wright-ish, except that Frank Lloyd Wright didn't design it, but it is a really, really cool building and it's on a beautiful piece of property. And they had one of those, the original window that was fused on the sides, which is not great in hurricane world, if you know what I mean. And then it got cracked. So then they had to go through, I mean, this has probably taken almost two years, don't you think, Liz, yeah. that to get this yeah. uh, approved and everything else. And thank God the contractor's dealing with all that. But I went over there when they were installing it. Libby and I popped over. And really, I, my heart couldn't handle it. I mean, this is, this is <laughs> really two-story glass. very big window. <laughs> very big window. And it has sides to it, too. And then there's also, and y'all have to look at pictures of it when we post them, but there's also an indoor-outdoor koi pond that is really super cool. I mean, it has a lot of really good uh, features and all that. So anyway, but yeah, I forgot about that. I was sitting I here thinking, like, I hope Liz can say something about the jazzer <laughs> last week, because well, I'm having well, a hard time thinking about like what yesterday was even all about other than our TDP meeting. I know. I feel like October hits and it's just a matter of like trying to figure out what are we going to be able to wrap up before the end of the year. So it feels really good to know we're going to have some people back in there spaces and yeah isn't that the truth and people people complain about the 
Christmas coming early or, or holidays or whatever, you know, you're doing all that before people get their pumpkin spice latte or whatever, which I think for the record is just so <laughs> gross. But anyway, we're, we're sitting here thinking like now January, you know, we talk about like rushing the end of the year because that's what happens, you know, and all of you that listening are probably in the same way where you're trying to wrap things up before the end of the year or get things on the books for January, et cetera, et cetera. So it does, it does, uh, we do sort of uh, project out in the future quite a bit. And sometimes that is not as fun as um, just sort of enjoying the moment. But we, that's what True. we're going to do, Liz. We're going to talk about enjoying the moment on our jobs and things that are going on. We'll start, that'll be our new thing we do right before we dig in. So let's go ahead and dig in to this topic. And uh, this is all about this sort of magical charging what you're worth commentary rhetoric that people are talking about. And I hope this doesn't upset half of the design community, um, but I'm having a feeling that some of our podcasts, maybe, maybe people are listening just because they want to hear, what did she say this time? You know, but hold on a second before you kick me to the curb and let me explain this a little bit better. And this is a major beef uh, with people who use the very tired phrase, this phraseology of charging what you are worth. It's, it's sort of just, I don't know, it's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me. You know, I think most of the time that you see this when people are trying to get you to sign up for their launch 769 or whatever, uh, but I didn't say that out loud, but, but even designers in Facebook groups and that sort of thing, and when they're trying to counsel each other, you know, will say things like that too. And I always wonder, you know, like, let's pull a Captain Obvious, you know, anyone in any consulting field should charge what they are worth, right? Okay, I'm, right, right. I'm on board with that, but what exactly does that mean? I mean, I'm worth 10 million bucks most days. Today, I'm worth about 2 million. I'm, I'm not feeling really 10 million today. But you know, I have a hard time writing that in a scope of work. And I think Liz would probably shoot me if I tried to write that in a scope of work. Um, and it's definitely not what we get paid. Okay, we get paid a lot, but we don't get paid that. And so my issue with this kind of rhetoric, you know, really being serious here is, is actually determining what that word means worth. It's very subjective. The focus is, is too much on sometimes the kumbaya feel good aspect of telling you what you want to hear. And that's not really my role here is to tell you what you want to hear. That the more important idea of how to determine your value is being lost because charging what you think you are worth is really not the way you set pricing for any freaking business, is it? I know it's way too nebulous. And I think, I mean, it's like art appreciation or design appreciation or anyone's subjective point of view about what is good or what is not good to be able to even talk about how much you're going to charge or what you're worth. You have to have some context for what type of service, what's associated with this. What are you actually doing for someone to actually earn that? And how, and how good are you about yeah, it? You know? And, and I, I don't understand how this helps anyone set their feet. So, so really, basically, it's just a waste of time reading this it, other than the, you know, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, sis, boom, ba kind of thing. But I'm very action oriented. I don't really like a lot of uh, rhetoric. I like the little, you know, words that kind of motivate you and, and things like that to get going. But, but something like this is important. And I don't think this is relating to understanding what someone's real value is. And I think that uh, also that people get sidetracked by this and get into this mindset that they're going to draw conclusions based on their desire for what reality should be 
and not necessarily upon what reality actually is for that particular designer. Or perhaps you're constantly worrying about your worth more, and this is a key thing, than you are to, uh, what, to worrying about how to earn it or how you are projecting yourself and your brand out into the marketplace. This is what I am terming the magical thinking. And it's not based on what you really need to know in order to determine pricing. In other words, there must be a value proposition before you work on setting fees and your air quotes here, worth. Is this logical to anyone else? Is it logical to you, Liz, or am I really just going down a rabbit hole here? No, I mean, I think I, I feel like I could probably call about, you know, a few hundred Facebook posts you've shared in our email about people asking, you know, what should I charge for this? What should I charge for that? People not knowing how to charge, but then also being so sort of emboldened to assume that they deserve to make a certain amount of money simply because they showed up for work on Monday. And it just doesn't quite work like that. There's so much mm-hmm. more that goes into That's kind of an defining. epidemic, though, across the country in yeah. some ways, but I But there's so much more that goes into it. And, you know, we talk a lot about this in the different facets of the type of work that we do and, and how and why we charge in different ways. But to not have a good handle on why it is that you're doing that, it seems like if you can't identify that as a business owner, then you probably shouldn't be selling your services. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'm not going to hang my hat on some magical number pulled out of my butt. I'm just not. That is not the way I run a business. I'm much more logical than that. And I don't understand where newer designers get this value determination uh, either, because what are they determining it on? You know, or, or even someone who's changing lanes and changing careers or adding new services and that sort of thing. You know, some people come out of school and, and we've, we've had this happen to us plenty of times when we've interview people and hire people over the last 23 years, or they come out of another career and they immediately start charging 175 bucks an hour with little to nothing to back this up. And then wonder why they cannot find clients or why they're being shopped or having issues with subs or any of the number of other problems presented in the messages and the posts and the market conversations and the discussions and the podcasts and, you know, all of that sort of thing. If you can command that kind of pricing out of the gate, you know, more power to you. But can you sustain it is the question. And I think there is not just enough experience to, to do so when you're at that, at that level. And I feel badly, really badly, for designers who are encouraged to, to do this rah-rah, sis-boom-bah thing about charging more than they should be charging at that point. And then they lose out on these really good opportunities to grow within the field. And that really bothers me. Yeah, I think too, and um, we've had many, many instances where we're working with um, different designers in different capacities in your coaching program and in TDP and everything where they have all these questions, they present these scopes to people and there's just no context for where these numbers are coming from. I can remember this is way back. This is right shortly after I started really probably. Um, Our proposal setup was totally different than it is now, but every time we got to this point of having to put things together for a, a new client, a new prospect, it was always this like, belabored thing. We both hated it. It was terrible for both of us. And it took some time and all of a sudden this light bulb to go off where Cheryl finally was like, this is ridiculous. Like I'm going to get this structured and figure it out. And beyond just to ascertain what it is that we're going to be able to deliver for a client, but really be able to value what it is that we're doing, what type of service it is we're offering when we're going full service with a client, because it makes a huge difference and is totally different than you know, going out for a window treatment consult or a paint consult or something like that. 
but being able to define it specifically and with a lot of detail so that you can feel super confident about how it is that you should be positioning it. Because we're all worth something, of course. We're not saying that people don't deserve to be paid for their work, but having context for that is so critical. Yes, but you're really talking here about the structure of how to determine that fee, not really about the value. And what I'm really talking about is determining your value. And I've been around a long time, so the value has been determined. The value is portrayed all the time in everything that we do and always has been. Well, not always has been. I mean, don't talk to me about the first five years. But it's but what you're talking about, Liz, really is the structure of how we're doing it and how we're doing a flat fee and a minimum expenditure because we don't, I, I like to sleep at night, you know, that sort of thing. And that's important too. And that's part of this this whole uh, conversation, um, but you know we only have half an hour, so it, it's. But what I'm really, what I'm really talking about here, the thing that really is, um, you know, bothering me is uh, is is what you know people have to actually do to be able to gain the experience they need to elevate their value proposition. It's not just about structuring it and putting it out there. That's important too. But if you if you follow anyone follows Gary Vee, for example, you know he know, you know he preaches doing the work, being prepared to work harder and longer than you ever have before. You know, that is if you really want to, as he calls it, crush it. You know, and this is no walk in the park in this industry, or everyone would be doing it for the love of Pete. So it is a little audacious, I think, sometimes to to roll out of bed and decide that you're charging $175 an hour. And again, Again, let me make no mistake. If you can get away with that, more power to you. You know, come see me, talk to me about that. But it's but what I see more often than not is not that happening. Is what happens is people set those expectations because they're trying to live up to these uh, this charge what you're worth sort of magical thinking, and they're actually neglecting. Uh, you know, determining and providing real value uh, to those they want to influence on the clients, you know? So the structure is important for sure. I mean, and how you structure it and how you put all that together is really important. But, but really, you know, we wouldn't have those people to even give a scope of work or proposal to if we weren't doing the other things. And I, I think that new designers, and, and, you know, I'm talking about all designers here, but new de- designers really specifically, because I see this a, a lot more, they're told over and over again, and you've seen these messages that I've screenshot and sent to you, Liz, to walk away from jobs that maybe are not perfect or are not delivering quite what they think they are worth. And why? Because a client is texting them after hours. The client has questions on the contract. This well-meaning advice is sometimes overwhelmingly things like, you know, walk away, run, red flag, run for us, run. You know, this is the kind of thing you see over and over again. I mean, really, if for the love of God, just try to come up with something new at least or a new emoji or a new whatever those mean things are or whatever. You know, yeah, running, you're running all right, but you're running from the actual real world experience. It is going to make you a better designer and a better business owner. Right. We were just working on a um, sort of a case study on a project we wrapped up and it was a lead that in, you know, in all sort of states, we would other think maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not the best thing in the world, but ultimately it was a great project for us. It fit into the overall sort of calendar that we needed it to. And I think that it's a good example of where really being able to define how it is that you can contribute something valuable to a client is becomes the bigger point of view in terms of 
assessing whether or not you're going to move forward. And I think that you're such a, like every job that we get, you want to like land, you want to figure out a way for us to be able to. I'm a salesperson. Let's face it. Yeah. Right. I'm a salesperson. Let's face it. But I think that in a lot of the analysis of that, we have talked about how it is that really how it is that people can figure out why they're going to charge what they're going to charge. And just like you said before, determining like, are these things really red flags? Like, is there really a problem with this person or with this client? Or are we just seeing something that is really could be overcome by a process type detail or whatever? I think there's so much value in being able to be more fair about your assessment and, and to really be honest about what it is you're offering before you go into that whole process of deciding if someone's a big winner or if they're not going to be a good client for you. Yeah, really. And, and the whole red flag thing is a completely different, you know, podcast that people that know me are probably expecting that any day now, but I'm going to fool you and I'm not going to do that for a while. But I, because I don't like the the terminology red flag, um, I've banned it from my group, small business, think big, you know, do not say, you know, red flag, you know, whatever. I don't like it. I just don't think it's productive, really, you know, but, but this determination to succeed regardless of obstacles is not predicated only on taking the sweet spot projects. And you you know that, and that's the project that you're talking about right now that we just did the case study for for uh, the design paradigm. And in really, I mean, this is a, a block home. It was it's was two hundred thousand dollars maybe in 2018, 2019. It's like an up and coming neighborhood. When we drove up, I was like, oh, Liz, you know, what are you what are you getting us into here? And um, it, it, we have turned to change that around. Now, is this is this on par with the Bayou property that we're doing and the and that particular job the clients certainly are they're both in my mind what I call a luxury client in the sense of their personality and how they treat the process and how they trust the process but it's but they're not it's not um, it's not the kind of job that is going to be you know on the cover of you know El decor okay let's just face this it is a it is a, a, a block home but what we were able to do there is a, is a completely different thing the value that we were able to bring is completely different and so this this client you know was willing to pay you know for that value okay if I'd gone in there just like you know well I'm worth all this you know and whatever and you know maybe your house isn't worth as much as my fees or what have you it's it's just not the way to to look at it, in, in my opinion, you know, I think uh, sometimes this well-meaning advice, if it is all that well-meaning, I think it's just you know parroting of what people hear and what's out there. Right, it's just and, everyone following but, the same dynamic. Right, exactly. The sort of you know the easy lemming thing. thing, you know, and 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 the coaches saying this and everything really gets under my skin, you know, when that happens. But are but are these same people espousing this charge what you are worth word salad? Are they actually walking the talk or not? You know, it's a whole lot of smoke and mirrors out there and a lot of people just like to comment on Facebook and, and say things. And, and when they say that, it's just, I understand that they're trying to lift somebody up. I get that part, okay? And that's great and wonderful. But if I'm gonna take the time to comment, I wanna take the time to comment about something that is actually is, is actually more important. But it's really not about the people uh, in, the, in the groups that are talking. It's more about like every single coach in every single industry. It's not just ours, it's everywhere that that is sort of the thing for any type of consulting businesses. And, and, and don't get me wrong, we can definitely sell ourselves short, all of us can. But the focus should be on developing your A game and being able to do whatever it takes to get there and learn every stinking thing you can. That's what's going to add to your value. 
Okay, so I guess maybe it's Cheryl and her words, you know, that it's the value is so much more important. And then the second comma to that or question to that is, so what is your value? And when you can establish that, then you have the chops to be a value to a client and, and get paid you know, what you should be paid. I think that a lot of that foundation, too, that you are constantly talking about with people when it comes to deciding how it is that they're going to grow their business or how it is that they're going to figure out what's next. It all comes from the same stem. And a lot of that is really determining, you know, are you offering what you say you're offering? Are you providing the type of service that is being asked for by your client? Are you listening to them? You know, there's so many really basic things that can lead someone who is very new in this industry to believe that they should be getting paid, you know, boku bucks for showing up on Monday and, and working a full day and, oh, it's, you know, so difficult and so stressful and so this and so that, but being able well, to yeah. grow into the role that you build and really be able to foster those relationships with clients, that's how you start to gain, I think, the type of uh, support and the type of um, name brand that you're going to want to have in your community. Um, but also that's where that value comes from. That's where people start to understand, you know, this is why she's worth that. It has nothing to do with right. the dollar bills. Right. It's what's contributed right. in the process. What's, you know, what's taken away even from the console meetings. I mean, how many times have we gone out and people are that intellectual property and that value and excitement, it, you don't have to be doing the design when you're out there meeting with someone for the first time. You're just no. giving them a sense of who you are. And that alone is such a huge value to them. Yeah, absolutely. And we charge $550 to, to $650 for initial consult. And we're a little town, y'all. So if we can do it, other people can do it too. But it, we don't get questioned on the value that we're bringing. And we're not doing any design work. I mean, we're really not. And I think that the important thing is to, to like maybe set, maybe let's call it an earned price. Okay, it's an earned price. This earned price is predicated on being a, pre a creative problem solver that makes the magic happen. So how, how, do you, how do you do this? Well, you know, we've got a half an hour show, so we can't go into every little detail, but, but you need to first assess your services and your experience, okay? Study the market, including the demand for what you can deliver, for what your type of uh, secret sauce is. You know, what's the demand there? I mean, that's, you're gonna do that in any business, right? Choosing a pricing structure that reflects the combination of that skill set that experience, and then what your market can bear. That, that's, you know, you don't mean lowball. I'm not talking about that. But don't price yourself out of the market and out of the opportunity to learn. Because, you know, I will tell you, we put a priority on what I call other currency. And other currency is what you are getting, okay, and not exposure or whatever, those kinds of things, you know, that people talk about from, uh, you know, doing something sponsored on an Instagram post or whatever. I'm talking about other currency, meaning what are we going to learn? What, are, what kind of value are we going to add to our firm that we can then turn around and add? So for example, years ago, uh, we've done several historic homes, but there was a really cool one that we hadn't done before. And it was really plans only. And at the time, we really weren't taking a lot of those types of jobs. You remember this one, Liz, the Queen yeah. Anne house over in North Hill. And, yeah. you know, we, Liz and I looked at each other and we said, you know what, we can get a lot out of this. There's a lot of other currency here. I mean, we still made $7,500 or so on that particular project for redoing parts of it. You know, it wasn't complete full redesign. It wasn't furniture. It wasn't materials or any of that. This was just planned. So, you know, it was, it was still, you know, definitely worth it. But, but we made a conscious decision. If you think back to that, Liz, if we, we made a conscious decision to really 
go in and, and have this extra currency, this additional currency, and say that this job is worth it to us. And I think that you can do that even at my at my you know skill level and and our uh, the, how long we've been in business. We're still going to do that if it's something that adds to the value of my firm and what my firm can offer. So I think sometimes when people people are short sighted, let's say when they don't take a job because it's they're perceiving it not to be what they're worth. And I'm not saying, you know, the low ball or whatever. I'm not talking about going out and working for peanuts or whatever. That is not the point. The point is, is just don't price yourself out of the market because you get sucked into this, this, you know, rah, rah, you know, charge what you're worth kind of thing. And everyone says to you in a Facebook post, you know, oh, you're only charging $100 an hour. Oh my God, you should be at least charging 150 or whatever. I, I just don't, I don't like that, you know, and I think the more talented and more experienced the offering, the higher the value and the price. I mean, this isn't rocket science. It's logical, right? Right. And I think that feedback doesn't really foster the type of mentality. I mean, it's, it's just like anything else. It's like when you keep perpetuating the same bad habit, that's the bad habit that everyone aspires to. And it's just not a great right. way to think about it. Whereas if people were more conscientious about the fact that it's so much more in depth than that, I mean... We've considered projects and taken on projects that are, you know, historic homes that are um, really interesting properties. Um, we had one client, I remember he came in and he wanted to meet us in person before we met for the consult, who wanted a very, very traditional um, overall design. And he was adamant about it. And he had worked on these plans and had a lot of feelings about this and that. But we consider all of those type of things because it might be a new yeah, challenge for us. Yeah, but he was a turd, Liz. That guy, I know. About the same I, guy, I wanted that job mostly, mostly because I wanted, wanted to have job. to do. I did not want that those job. window treatments. <laughs> yeah, it but was a beautiful I, home. I will say that. But also, yeah. when he comes in and starts talking about, well, I can go to America's Mart and you know get all this price, you know, whatever. That's just like <laughs> mm, I don't think you're ideal client. I know. But really, it was his attitude more than anything. But you're right. We we talked yeah. about because we don't do a lot of uber uber traditional and it was right. uber traditional and he really needed some help but but he was just i don't know i've getting to and the point where i don't really want to work with people i don't want to work with you know <laughs> right. in general I but i know. think and i may be working at whataburger next week if well, i can't make payroll or something i don't know about that i think you'll be okay but i think that you know even when some of the smaller projects come along we were just talking about a, a lead that came in last week that's like a really basic laundry room and and then a little furnishings gig yeah, I mean, we're not going to spend, you know, all of our firm's effort and all of that towards um, trying to land this job if we've got a million other things going on. But if we have room in our schedule and it's an opportunity for someone on our team to learn and That's for right. someone on our team maybe to be managing or to, to be in more of a leadership role that they haven't had a chance to fill yet, there are other ways that we can grow and that our team can grow by using that job and that opportunity the money may not be something that's going to last us the whole year, of course, but if it's enough to, so. to make sense, you know, those are the type of things that you really have to consider. It's not just all about having the perfect clients who, you know, are swanky and, ha and do this and that and always yeah, have, yeah. you know, all of the fancy perspectives. That's definitely not the way to, to right. grow a business, at least. I mean, again, just like you said, you might be able to hold it out for a little while, but eventually that kind of thing is going to catch up with you. That, that's exactly right. And just like you were talking about with the with the job uh, that was the the block home with the client that we adore and all of that, I, 
I wasn't sure if she was going to accept that fee. And that was probably the fastest turnaround we ever got because this is all knee deep in my mind, y'all, because we did a very, an expose case study on this job from the lead coming in with all the emails and everything else, everything that we did, the challenges, the solutions, how we solved them all the way to the end and the photographs. We did a case study on this for the design paradigm. And and honestly, it, it, it was just, you know, it, it's the kind of job that I was like looking at Liz going, Liz, I know you're a good salesperson. You, you got this initial consult, but really, what, what are we doing here? You know, is this going to be is this going to be somebody that is going to be able to afford where we are right now in our services? So we try right. to have a product for other for for everybody that calls because we get leads every day. But in this particular case, this client wanted what this client wanted. And she valued what we brought to the table because we were able to establish that with her. And, and it was a puzzle. And we're passionate about the puzzle. There is nothing, I don't like real puzzles. Jigsaw puzzles, you know, they, no, mm -mm, they make me crazy. <laughs> but I love the puzzle of figuring out the plans and the schematic. That's really my sweet spot. That is something I really uh, like. And if so, if the, if the job is very puzzling, then that's I'm your girl. You know, I want to mm -hmm. figure that out. And we do a lot of work with that, even around the country with with plan review. But I think that also it it being passionate about the puzzle and figuring it out, even if it's a job that uh, you know you you may not think that you're going to make as good. We we did quite well on that particular project uh, in terms of overall you know, profitability and, and we love the client. That's worth some dollar bills in my bank too, because I've been around for a long time and I don't want to work with people I don't like. I don't want to work with turds. Okay. I just don't want to work with turds. I want to work with people that I really like that trust the process that like us and all of that. I hope we don't get a bad rating for saying turd. <laughs> anyway, it, it, you know, the thing about that I want to talk about with, with this puzzle, this attitude is it actually inspires you to want to problem solve and a collaboration on top of the creative mojo. So this is like a win-win for you and the client because I think it, it's sort of a, um, I'm not sure what a, a good term is, but sort of like throwing fuel on the fire, but the fire mm -hmm. of creativity, right? Is that what I'm, you yeah, know? Yeah, absolutely. It's that you know kind I mean of chemistry that? that can come together, absolutely. Right, right. And, and to me, that's our value proposition in a nutshell is, is sort of that passion and that, that wanting to solve the puzzle. We even talk about on our website, you know, that oh, that's, sure. we're problem and solvers, but also puzzle solvers. And on our social media, I mean, we've got lots of different things that are going on day to day in our shop and with the firm and with all the other facets of um, the kind of little branches and, and fun stuff that we've been doing lately with events. And those are all things that people want to engage in in our community. They get excited about knowing that we have stuff going on. Part but I of think our value. Part of our value yeah, that, is that community, that community liaison when people see you out in your community. That's, that's part of your value also. You know, maybe not in the charge what you're worth, you know, method, but that's part of your value also. Right. And in establishing those relationships, I think that that experience level that we want people to have with us is ingrained across the board because we like, I mean, again, we like to have a good time. We like to work with clients who are fun. We like to be able to enjoy having meetings with people and getting them excited about their home. And ultimately, as a team, we like to have that dynamic of working through things and solving big challenges and all those details. Those are the yeah, things absolutely. that we want to talk about. We want to sell to people and we want to have them really understand that this is the type of team that you're working with. You're not working with someone who 
is going to come in and use the same paint colors and use the same style of this and the same style of that because, you know, it's what's easy and, and what they can sell quickly. It's just right, not right. our MO. And, right, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, if you, if you really want to distill it down is this learning to think creatively inspiring one's own design aesthetics. You know, it's like, again, whatever it does for you, for me, it's solving the puzzle, but for you, it might be something different that is throwing that, there's probably a better analogy, but I, I can't think of one, but throwing that fuel that, that makes the fire, you know, burn brighter, you know, being knowledgeable about construction processes and being insanely driven by the passion to discover those pieces to the puzzle or whatever it may be for you. But that is what's making you valuable and that's what's making you a damn good designer. And I'll tell you, I love a good systems-based approach all day long. I mean, Liz can testify to that because she's not always oh, yeah. as system-based as I am, but I love a good systems-based approach. But, but let's just be real for a minute. That should serve to corral the creative in you. Okay, that, that shouldn't drive your business. That is serving to corral the creative in you and it doesn't replace developing your creative mojo. I worry with all the processes and the third-party automations and the, the, all this business, this, this, you know, going out and um, having your client have to, to uh, go through all these hoops to get to you, to even talk to you. I mean, we still have people call us, you know, I mean, we call them back. I mean, I'm not going to funnel them through some automated thing so that they don't feel like we're real people. Now, I understand with solopreneurs, a lot of times you have to do that. But I think that, you know, that there's a potential that you can get over, you know, automated. And I think that with all these kinds of processes and third party, you know, gizmos and all the things that have proliferated in the design industry in the last few years, we might be losing what makes design truly awesome. And then we kind of all sort of collectively can lose a little bit of value. Mm -hmm. And I think just like anything, just like we were talking about before, that association that uh, prospective clients have with what it is that you offer and how you offer it, there is so much to be built upon when it comes to personality and ethics and how you run your business and the experience that you create for someone as opposed to it being a quick one and done. And that's where the authentic reviews come in. You know, that's where you're going to get the best portfolio images. A lot of that really has to do with being more authentic about what it is that you're offering. And that is going to transpire to clients being happy, wanting to have you back for other projects and wanting to talk about you to their friends. And which I mean, adds how to many your values, which yeah, adds to your, which, which again, all those things add to your value, which adds to your fees, et cetera, et cetera. Go ahead, Liz. Right. Just how many times have we gotten called? I mean, even, even um, the client with the blockhouse that we keep talking about, you know, she wants stuff for her living room and stuff for her office. And, you know, she's not done. We're done with the project. She's moved back in, but there's still so much to her wanting Residual. that space to feel perfect across the board. And those are the type of things that you can't necessarily predict right off the bat. But if you take good care of people and you build on good foundation in how you're dealing with the way that your fee structure and your sort of firm is operating with your clients, those are going to be the things that help you garner the bigger fees that are going to help you grow in the direction that you want to, to be able to not only accommodate bigger projects and feel really confident in that, but to be able to say, you know, I am worth every penny of what I'm charging. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. And I think the, the really the sort of the nutshell here, the nugget here uh, is really don't, just don't be so quick to, 
turn away opportunities to grow as a designer, especially if it's your, your designer has been around for a long time, but you're doing something new. Uh, if you have a team that you can allow them to grow on some of the smaller jobs or the jobs perhaps that, that don't meet all your 110 criteria for being a great project or whatever. It, it's, it's definitely something that we consider quite a bit. We certainly are not going to be not profitable because I am insanely profitable. And this has been, you know, last year was our best year ever. This year will surpass, has already surpassed last year. So it's not that I'm not focused on profit because we all know Cheryl is all about the profit. But I think that what I don't like to see is people that are being shortchanged because of some of the rhetoric that is prevalent in the coaching industry, um, and not just ours, but, but across the board, and, and thinking, well, I can't take this project on because this isn't a good project for me. Make it a good project. Get other currency out of it. Certainly, you need to pay your bills. Certainly, you need to be profitable. That is not what I'm here to say at all. I think it's more just fighting against the mindset. And you know, for us, you know, we want to be of service to people if we can be. So we're going to try to make it work if we can, but we don't accept every project. I mean, hardly we will do this. And, and I think you know, this may be shocking and maybe even unpopular amongst some designers and decorators, what I'm talking about right now. But I think it needs to be said. I really do. And I'm saying this with all the love in my heart for this industry. And if you know me at all, you know how much I love small businesses. I think small businesses are the backbone of our country. And I absolutely 100% am pro small business all day long. It is not only my job, it's my hobby too. But you're not going to hear me saying, charge what you are worth until the creative problem solving visionary mechanics are firmly rooted into place. And that takes experience. And it takes doing different kinds of work. And that those work sometimes are stepping stones to the bigger uh, projects. That's that's what I'm trying to tell you here. And that's what our clients are paying us for is this, this creative problem solving, the creative vision, all of that. You know, otherwise they can go to the Sally Sue shops for you or the Mindy mood board express or whatever the heck, you know, to deliver what the masses may think is good design, but really is just regurgitated Instagram, you know, blah, 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 you know? And I told you this was a hot button, Liz. Well, I mean, and how authentic really can you be when, when that's the type of service that you're offering? I mean, especially if you're trying to grow, that's not going to be the kind of thing that gets you any sort of real clout in the people that you're working with or in terms of how your portfolio looks. You know, you're not going to find that type of opportunity there. I think that when we talk a lot about the different sort of facets of developing what that value is, you know, it's not just about being able to identify a really great service, but it's also just your authenticity to acknowledge that you do have to earn it. There's a lot that goes right. into this type of work. And as much as we would all love to be getting paid more and would all love to be getting all huge jobs yes. where the fees are gigantic, it's just not going to be that way. That's not how it's going to operate for most people. And you have to be able to kind of embrace that and roll with the punches. That's something that you've always been so sort of true to, Cheryl, is is really figuring out, you know, if we have room in our calendar, we can accommodate something, let's try to figure out a way to make it work. You know, if we need a, a training opportunity for someone, and this could really help this client out, let's try to figure out a way that we can structure this because we do offer a really great service to people. And the value is there time and time again, every time that we do it. 
Right. And every time we learn from some, this is why we do these case studies, not just for, for Bob, our, our other program, or for Design Paradigm, but we do it internally also so that we can learn from all these jobs. I think doing a case study is a excellent, excellent process for you to go through, is to go through and really outline everything. Plus, it gives you a hell of a thing to be able to you know, teach somebody new when you hire somebody new and that kind of thing. But I forget what I called it earlier, but sort of the, the earned, what was it, Liz? The earned, you know, you know, the earned price, you know, that just kind of came to me and I don't even remember how I phrased it, but, but that is to me is that, that earned value, that earned worth is, is something to focus on a lot more than just, you know, this, this magical thinking thing of, you know, charging what you're worth. It, you really, I, I challenge everybody to really think about what that means and to be able to really determine your value. And your value is determined by, you know, your experience as well as your creative chops because you can be creative as, the, you know, like crazy and, and be amazing in that. And we have hired people like that, but then couldn't, you know, execute out of a paper bag and that and that's kind of a problem right that's that's mm-hmm. really a problem so i think that that that's sort of the uh the the essence of this is to is to not be so quick to write somebody off, um, try to figure out a way to, to make it work and to make it profitable for you so that you can learn when it's something that you really want to do. I mean, don't work with turds, okay? But, but you know, not just because somebody, would you quit laughing if I might say that? Just because somebody is i keep thinking of a particular client we've had recently okay well whatever okay we don't get very many of those i mean here's the thing you know liz deals with them if i if we have to deal with them liz has to deal with them and remind me to tell you about the time that she let loose on one and i caught it on the on the care on the um the camera in our our downstairs office our shop security i played it back over and over again um if you email me then i will i will you know send it to you because i've got it somewhere but it's it's really funny but so i don't have to deal with that but i i think that the the uh the running to the red flag sort of thing or whatever without really thinking this through is is not good. And then and then the other part of this is really thinking about and focusing on that value that you are bringing and and you know determining that before you charge what you were. So maybe it's just the order of events here. You know, you have to determine your value before you can quote charge what you are worth because what is that that worth it has to be a value to somebody else it has to be a quid pro quo where somebody else in the marketplace is going to exchange funds for that value that you bring i mean this is old as the hills all right this is basic business 101 all right you have to be able to have that value you have to be able to show that value and you have to earn that value by doing the work okay and sometimes people just don't want to always do the work. You know, anything else to wrap it up, Liz, before I get into the damn good truth? No, I think, again, it's all about that authenticity and really being more open-minded about how it is that you can cultivate something good for your business because it is not always going to be all about the big fancy jobs. Just can't be. No, it really isn't. And and that's, you know, that's okay because you are going to, you. that is what is going to get you to where you want to go. And I am a perfect perfect case study for that to see where I started and I had no leg up. I do not have a formal education. I'll tell you that right up, right up front. I have a formal education in fine arts, which I think informed, you know, my aesthetics and design, but I can tell you right now, there is nobody that is, is, 
necessarily trained per se that can really uh, run loops around me. Not unless it's commercial. I don't. We don't do a lot of that. So we stick a stay away from that because that's a whole different genre but it doesn't it so it's not about the education of of schooling which is very important i totally you know i I pay for people to be schooled it's it's really important all of that but i'm talking about the education of experience and that experience comes when you are accepting jobs that may not be ideal because then you are problem solving more, you are having to deal with things, you are learning that maybe there's some things in your contract that aren't quite right, all of that. And that really is what is ultimately going to determine your value. Okay, so here is our damn good truth. You want to be successful? Then you want to learn how to really understand the elements of design, the execution, and the creative process first. Do what you need to do to gain valuable experience so you can build your portfolio and base of experience. Hey, if you can get paid in the learning process, you are a winner all day long. That is great. I love it. But gaining experience, practicing the art of design, and learning how to really operate a business is essential. At least that is my business recipe for success, okay? Thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate it. We hope to see you next week. And uh, leave us a review if you like what you hear. Check out Small Business Think Big. It's a free group on Facebook. We have a lot of fun there. It's a load of non-nonsense. And we would love to have you. Until next time, stay bold, stay inspired, and keep embracing your bad girl spirit. If you've enjoyed today's show, head over to join the community at damngooddesigner.com to continue the conversation and sign up for our newsletter. 